Welcome everyone to the Real Nations Raiders podcast. I'm your host Dominic Mariano with Zerko, aka Kelvin, and Derek, and we have a guest on from the Associated Press, Josh Debau, not Debo, Debau, as we have confirmed with him, so we don't butcher his last name. So thank you, Josh, for uh, accepting Zerko's, uh, uh, I guess, invite or challenge, however you <laughs> put it, um, to, to come on to the, the podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, good to, good to be on with you guys. So for those who don't know who you are, maybe can you give us a little bit of your background and what you do and maybe how you got into journalism and reporting? Um, sure, yeah. I started in journalism in college, went to University of Michigan, um, and worked on the student paper there, covered football, some basketball, hockey, covered it all there, and started with Associated Press back at when I graduated in 1994, left for a little bit, but I've been back since, gosh, 1997, moved out to the Bay Area and. 2004 and started covering the Raiders in 2005 and been covering them ever since and also do a little bit of Niners now and some Sharks and a little occasional baseball occasional this and that but mostly uh mostly Raiders and Niners with a little bit of Sharks thrown in yeah so so were you so were you commuting from the Bay Area to Las Vegas full-time this season Josh I went to four of the game four of the eight home games um I didn't go to any of the practices everything was all the access was on Zoom this year so I was able to I think the original plan was there. I was probably not going to do too much this year, but when everything was on Zoom, it made it a lot easier to do the day-to-day work. And then I went in for for four four of the eight games. We had a freelancer there. Did a couple. Our sports writer in LA came in for a couple. He covered some fights too, so he was there for a couple of the weekends. So it was sort of split it up. But uh, I I did most of the day-to-day stuff all through Zoom and and all that. So, so I have I have a question. I have something to say real quick. First of all. Again, thank you for joining us. I heard you did say you went to Michigan, correct? Yes, you, I've seen the Go Buckeyes thing on, <laughs> on your – it almost it, I almost didn't accept the invite after that, but I said, you know what, okay, I can, I I can you, deal with it. So. Get a chance, man. Tell, tell, tell John we said thank you so much. He's doing a great job. <laughs> All I know is when I when I was in school, Michigan went three zero three zero and one in the yeah, uh, and in also the games, so, so you said you've been to four games. Have you physically been? Inside, inside of Allegiant. Yeah, four games inside of Allegiant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only been on the outside. I know it's beautiful on the outside. It's pitchers doing no justice. But what is it like inside that stadium? It's. A, I really like it. I love the that you have the the natural light that comes in, and I, you know I think it'll be really cool when you have fans there. Uh, it's obviously, you know, when you, when it's empty, it's you don't get the full picture of it, but. Um, I like the look of it, um, and I think it's got a chance to be a really cool stadium when you get sold out crowd. So, look, looking forward. Ho- hopefully, I'll get out there this year, and they'll have a sold out crowd, and you can see it. It's full, uh, full work. So, well, hopefully, uh, I know I've been fully vaccinated, and I know uh, we got uh, Kelvin and uh, Derek looking to get vaccinated. Everybody, get vaccinated. If you yes, me too. Yeah. To, to April fifteenth. Open. <laughs> oh yeah, my, my, my appointment is April third, next Saturday, so I'm waiting. Okay. My appointment's tomorrow. My appointment's tomorrow. Oh, good for you. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'm hoping to get mine soon. So just wait for that second shot. It was a doozy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you already answered my uh, second question of how long you've been covering the Raiders. Uh, so we'll move on to the third question. So 
As I think most people will, will know you, Josh, you cover uh, many Raider statistics. Some of them are just so <laughs> oh far goodness. Oh so far out there, whether it's a Derek Carr stat, a John Gruden stat, you posted a fumble stat today, and I'm not criticizing you. That's your fault. Or, that one's your guys' fault, by the way. I was looking something uh, up to make sure I knew what was going on before before <laughs> I went on the podcast, and then uh, I saw that, and then... That, that one just jumped out at me. So if I, I wasn't going on the podcast today, that w- that one wouldn't have gone on. So that, I, I mean, you no guys should plan for that one. No matter what people say, I mean, you are technically tweeting the truth. You are not manipulating. And, and, that's, and that's why I don't like it because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, really? But you, you do find these very obscure stats, I, I would say, uh, definitely more obscure than like a PFF that likes to really go out there. So I'm just curious, you know, how, how do you formulate a question for you to go answer and how do you actually go find the answer to that? Um, sometimes just I see something it's like, oh, this seems like it's really rare, hasn't happened a lot, or this seems like, let me see how rare it is, or this seems like the Raiders do this a lot, let me see how often it happens um and we've got ap's got a um a deal with sport radar who's the they've got the official stats deal with the nfl so they've got a great database mm-hmm. i can search through and then pro football reference um a little bit of pff stuff sometimes so sports info solutions so football outsiders you name you know for various things you got to go various places um some places are better at some things some places better at others so but basically it's just yeah, if see something that I find curious, I'll look it up, and that, there you go. And, um, Josh, this this week you tweeted that the last time the Raiders played a play without Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson <laughs> resulted in an interception against the Rams in the 52-0 loss, and I was the one on the pod who tweeted at you, how did you find this? I, and and now, I know, now we know your answer. You you were curious as to just what happened the last time those two guys did not play. I, exactly, and, and it's, not, it's not that often. So it, actually – Took about, I don't know, maybe two minutes. Fine, that that was that was a quick one because basically those guys have played hundred. One of those guys has played one hundred percent of the snaps. I think every game since two thousand since since uh, Rodney got there. So that was pretty easy to check. And then just found the last snap that Gabe missed in two thousand fourteen. And there, so re- it happened re- to be real quick. Sorry, off topic question. Yeah. Were you <laughs> as shocked as the rest of us about the Rodney Hudson thing, or was you having your position in the? As uh, you know, working for AP, did you kind of knew this was coming? Like, oh my gosh, when this bomb drops, it's going to be crazy. Or were you legit shocked and surprised like the rest of us? I was surprised on that one. You know, know, sometimes things happen and you get an inkling of it. You hear it might be happening. That one, I got to say, took took me a little bit by surprise. Um, I don't, you know, I... Like I get the theory, you know, like I've mentioned a few times on Twitter, probably that how much money they've invested in the offensive line yeah, and how they yeah, got yeah, the yeah. results out of it. But I thought that you know, me personally, I thought the move maybe would have been don't bring Gabe back last year and save the nine million last year. Um, I did not think, especially with the dead might, they weren't even saving any money this year on Rodney. That just did, it didn't seem. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of Rodney as a possibility. Since, <laughs> Nobody was, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Vic Tafer was. I got to say, yeah. I, I, Vic Tafer did mention it on his yeah. podcast like a, a few days before that. And I was like, eh. And even though I was like, ah, I can't play. It's not going to save many money. Why would they do yeah, it? Yeah, I'm like, when I heard Vic said, I'm like, maybe Vic is just throwing a thought out there. I don't know. No, Vic doesn't do that. Vic, yeah. When Vic says something, he knows what he's talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. So, um, but I was still surprised. Even after hearing him say it, I was still a little bit surprised. So. I mean, this is not in my list of questions, but I have to know. Like, because I'm, I'm still unsure. Was it because he wanted to be uh, let go, or was it something else? Or we still don't know. 
I think he was a little frustrated with how things were going. Okay. My guess is they like they were going trying to get those offensive linemen all to take pay cuts. He's like, I'm not taking a pay cut yeah. to save. And I believe like you didn't know? he restructure? I think maybe last season or before. Uh, twice he's restructured. He restructured last summer. I think he restructured. He's restructured a couple times. That's why yeah, there's I'm so not, much dead yeah, money. Sorry, I'm not restructuring again. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so he was like, well, well, restructure doesn't take a pay. I think they want to take a pay cut. Restructure is one thing. That's just they give you your money in advance and then. They've got the cap hit coming later. That doesn't you know, players don't mind doing that, and um, but taking a pay cut that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. The, from the commitment to excellence award four years in a row, and you know you've been dealing with a team that hasn't been very good. It's like you know what, get me out of here. We, we always say the Rams don't have a salary cap because of their uh, <laughs> the way that they just pay everybody up front with some ridiculous signing bonuses. Um, the Raiders don't they don't do that so. Yeah, um, they do. Well, they've done it with with Hudson. They've done it with Corey Littleton. They got they got dead money. Yeah. We all know Trent Brown and all that. Yeah. So. Um, all right, we'll move on because I'm respectful of your time. So we're not going to criticize you on any of your Derek Carr stuff because, <laughs> like I said, no, I mean, truthfully, you, you treat factually correct information, whether people like it or not, whether it's fun a different way or not, it is factually correct information. You are not manipulating anything. You are not falsifying any information. So... Um, so we're not going to ask you any direct Derek Carr questions like, oh, do you hate Derek Carr or anything like that? that that's not what we're here for. We mm. want to know, based on, you know, because you've been covering the Raiders for a while, how would you rate Derek Carr's performance in 2020? Oh, you know, every, so people still criticize him to this day as he's the reason we didn't make it to the playoffs. And some people will say the defense or it can be a mixture of everything. So, you know, how would you rate Derek Carr's performance in 2020? And was he the problem in 2020, in your opinion? Was he the pro- he definitely was not the problem. He was low on the list of problems, I would say. Like, clearly, the defense was the biggest problem. Um, that's obvious. Um, I think, you know, did Derek play well? He, he played, he, he's improved the last two years. He played pretty well. He was an above average quarterback last year. And, uh, and you know, good, probably in that 8 to 12 range in the NFL. And that's, and that's pretty good. It's not good enough. You're not going to win Super Bowls. Probably with that level of quarterback, unless you have a you know a team around him that's his, you know a defense like the 2019 Niners or something like that, um, and the Raiders are anywhere close to that. Um, you know my my issue is when people say it's just the def- you know that offense. If they want to compete, if they want to get into the playoffs and lose a wild card game, the offense was good enough last mm-hmm. year. Probably um, they cut cut down a little bit on the turnovers. Do a little bit better in the red zone. Have a good, de- you know, have the defense get to average, and okay, you could go eleven and five, make the playoffs, and maybe lose the wild card game. But if you actually want to compete with the Chiefs and compete with the Bills right now, and like ha- have a chance to go to Super Bowls, the offense has got to be better too. Um, there's a big gap between those top five. Te- you know, they were yeah. somewhere around tenth, yeah. and there's a big gap between those top five offenses yeah. and that next group. And the Raiders aren't aren't in that, and they need to get better offensively, and they need to get better defensively because the. In this NFL, it's really hard to keep a good defense year in, year out. Like you got teams who have a good defense one year, and then they'll slip a little bit the next and go back. You know, it's just it's just hard to maintain it. You need eleven. You know, basically, you need about fifteen guys because injuries and Tampa Bay just all did good. it. <laughs> right, but is that, but are they going to be? Able to, but is that defense going to be good? But they also had a really good offense yeah. this year, and is that defense going to be able to maintain it? Look at the Niners; they had a great defense in nineteen, get a couple of injuries, and the defense was still good, but it wasn't good enough this year for them to, you know, yeah. be a top team. Um, you know, if you're going to win, the teams that win consistently are the teams that have the elite offenses, and the Raiders don't have an elite offense right now, and they have a horrible defense. They need to get the defense to be 
average and the offense to be elite, and then they can start competing with, with the best teams. Mm-hmm. So they need to improve on both. And so I guess, I you know, when people just say it's all on the defense, that's when I probably push back a little bit. Um, and maybe point out some negative offensive stats and that gets a little, a little people riled up sometimes. But, you know, I think the offense needs to be better. And the yeah, you, have, well, yeah, you, you always keep offense, my blood so. pressure high when you talk about it here. <laughs> well, uh, I'm a data analyst. Actually, it's my, my job. I actually work for the cruise industry. Very thriving right now. Um, <laughs> and I always say you Josh, can slice um, something 10 different ways and 10 different answers. So it just depends on how you want to slice it is, is the way <laughs> that you present that. Go ahead, Derek. Josh, my next question to you is about somebody that you also never tweet about, and it's about somebody named John Gruden. Have you ever heard of him before? Um, he, he, the the announcer, right? The guy who does Monday Night Football. <laughs> so, so my question to you: uh, During John Gruden's three years, the Raiders have seen little progress. Obviously, in 2018, his first year, we saw um, four and twelve, no progress, and then. Seven and nine and eight and eight, so very steady progress, and not the progress that the Raider fans are probably wanting to see at this point. Um, he was given a ten-year contract, and I think everybody knows when you're given a ten-year contract, obviously it's a long-term commitment. The Raiders are in the long now with Gruden. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, personally, I am on the fence about that. I'm probably more of a Gruden apologist than I should be. So my question to you is. Do you think at this point in time, do you think Rudin can still be the right coach for this organization? I think he's still a good coach, but I think he's trying to do too much with the personnel moves. What What is your overall take? Can John Gruden get the Raiders to where the Raiders want to be and need to be in the fans' eyes? Yeah, we'll see. You know, you know I think I will say, like, I think his, you know, I think there were questions about how his offense would evolve from you know, being out of the league ten years, and I think he's answered that. You know, I think the offense has. Like he's shown that he's a good offensive coach in the NFL. Still, I mean, he's getting the most out of the time. You know, Derek Carr's played better under John Gruden than he did um, most of his time before that. You know, he's gotten good offensive production without you know a ton of stars on the offense outside of Waller. Um, so, but it's, it's the personnel decisions, and it doesn't matter that. Mike Mayock's there, yeah, you know, we, John yeah, still one in charge. And, right, and, you know, so, so the personnel decisions have not been great. Uh, they have not worked out. The free agent signings haven't worked out. The draft picks have, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, they've had a couple couple good, especially the, the high picks have not, you've not got enough value out of those. And if they don't do that, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get back to the level they want to get to. They need to do better in the personnel. And I don't think John's going to give up the per- – yeah. I don't see him really giving up. <laughs> that. And, and it's just you – know, in, in Tampa, he went, when he got control, things didn't go great either. So, um, you, know, you just don't see you, – you, know, you look at this this offseason, you just – I don't know if you see a – I'll say this. There might be a plan. The plan is not evident from what you from what you see and what they say. Well, I, I know so. the plan isn't to sign a free safety. I can tell you that because that freaking happen. <laughs> I think they will. I think they will sign a free safety at some point. They will have a free safety when they kick off the season. There will be someone lined up yeah, because, with safety uh, in, the, in the cover three defense. I can promise you that. Trying to stack up on pass rush in the front four. That's all good and dandy, but there's no way we can go into the season with this secondary that we had last season. I, I don't think so. I'm with you. I I I, I don't. Like, I get that, you know, they say, okay, we invested, you know, first round pick on Jonathan Abrams, second round pick on Trayvon Mullen, first round pick on Damon Arnett. But, you, you know, look at Tampa Bay. They, they've they used 
they, they used a bunch of high picks on defensive backs. Some of them didn't work out. They got rid of them and then used a bunch more. And then those guys were pretty good. Like you got, you know, and you got to keep adding guys in the secondary. The problem with the secondary is secondary is kind of like a weakest link position where if you got one guy that the other team can target, like that's a problem. So you need to be good in all the spots and you, five of them are playing at a time mostly, sometimes six. You get guys who get hurt, you know, you need so many numbers back there of competent players and they just don't have, have speak, enough at this point. And speaking of like personnel and competent players in the veteran experience, bringing in Paul Bradley, as I'm going to call him, as his name is, do you, are you, are you <laughs> shocked or surprised or that we, that he hasn't brought any of his players from his previous coaching jobs outside of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what's the guy's name we just signed? Yannick? Well, and then the uh, they brought the offensive tackle from uh, who'd been with the Chargers with him, too. But, like um, the, 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 the Richard Sermons or the, 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 the Casey Haywards, the, the Melvin Ingrams. Um, you know, I'm not totally surprised. You know, I think I think there's still a chance that, you, that a Sherman or a Hayward could still come. Um... You know, I think Ingram, I I don't know how much, you know, I think he's a situational player. I don't think he was going to be their answer. I think they wanted a legitimate yeah, pass yeah. rusher, and I don't think Ingram is that at this point. So I, I get why they're targeting Gakwe. Um, so, you know, I, it's not, not not every situation is like Rod Marinelli bringing in like 9,000. <laughs> uh, you know, I think like, you know, when, when Gunther was here, I think he brought Vontaze Perfect. Did he bring, I, were there any other Bengals? I don't remember too many other Bengals he brought over. Eric Spengles, he brought over. Vontaze perfect, and that was about it. You know, I don't think it. I, I think what happened with with Marinelli last year and and with Basaccia has brought a ton of ton of guys that he's coached before. Like those two guys have. I don't think that's necessarily necessarily always typical. You know, you get a few, and you, you might get another one or two. But um, you know, we'll see if you know. He's, the good players he had in the Chargers aren't aren't available. So, you know, if, if he could bring Bosa and Derwin James, I you know. Oh, I mean, I, I take it. <laughs> yeah, that would help. Yeah. Uh, to get, get this ball rolling, still, um, this is a position group. I'm going to say, what do you think right now is the biggest needs need for the Raiders? Is it a right tackle, linebacker? Oh, so, are you fine with right tackle then? Secondary. No, but biggest need would be secondary. Um, so, like, I think, you know, ideally, the right tackle that you drafted in the third round in 2018 would be a starter by now. But obviously, you know, I don't think anyone would feel real confident going to the year with Brandon Parker as your right tackle. Um, so they're going to need yeah. to, they are going to need to, I think they are going to need to, to probably draft a right tackle in the first or second round. But they need, they need a free safety. They need more cornerbacks. Um, at least one, if not more. Um, but you know, the secondary needs to be needs to be addressed. So, um, yeah, that, that you know, right tackle definitely. You know, line, you know, linebacker, linebacker is interesting. When I put out in my version of my PFF uh, draft simulator and got killed by a segment of Raider fans for not taking any linebackers, and like I get, like if Michael Parsons is around, sure, like that's someone. Um, Look at it in the first round, but like if you get into the later rounds, like you only play. I think Bradley played uh, nickel or dime seventy eight percent of the time last year. So three linebackers on the field, like about one in every five plays. You're paying three yeah, linebackers I, I, right now, good money, 
and you have a linebacker you drafted in the third round last year as a fourth, you're probably only carrying five, five or six. You know, you're, not, you know, you're probably only dressing five in a game. So they got Javon White who they like. like. I don't see linebacker. At, if they can get a difference maker at linebacker, great. But I don't see like adding bodies at linebacker is necessarily what they need. They need to do that secondary and hope they hit more more so than at linebacker. And they're and they're stuck with Littleton definitely next year in terms of the set, what they've done with the salary and. We can see they can get out of that deal a little easier, um, but you know, but even then they would have dead money with him too. So it's like there's not like they've sort of gone all in on those guys. So it doesn't seem like that's where they're looking to address at this point. Um, again, I think if someone, you know, it's impossible to say. You know, if one of the top linebackers fell to them sitting there at 17, would they look at it? Maybe, but I would be, I'd be pretty surprised if uh, if, if they're not going to right tackle with one of those first two picks at least and. And, and then probably defense on the other, but yeah, we'll so see. This is a, a two pronged quest. Go ahead. But, but John Green is oh, unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a wide receiver. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is a, a two pronged question. So let's say at 17, if we're going to go secondary, do you think we go a cornerback that's young, even though we have a very young cornerback group, or do we go free safety, and we're also very young there now without, you know, I know Joyner didn't really play safety, uh, but Eric Harris isn't there. We really don't have any really veteran presence at that safety, so do... You have Jeff Heath, I guess, but we'd be the one guy left, but yeah. Um, It sort of depends who's on the board there. You know, you've got a couple cornerbacks. You know, I think Caleb Farley's not got questions with the back stuff, and I don't know what what you're going to do with that, you know, what teams are going to do with that. But if, you know, Patrick Sertan has fallen to them at we seventeen, and, and, he, yeah, and he's yeah. the best cornerback in the draft. Like, take, like, take the best like cornerback's a really important position. So, if you can get a really good cornerback, even though you've used drafted two cornerbacks the last two years, like that would be my answer. I don't think I'll, I don't think that'll be their answer. Um, but you know, my guess is that their first two picks are going to be if one of those big time difference difference making linebackers is there, that's a possibility. Otherwise, I would think it would probably be free safety and right tackle. Right tackle will be one of those two picks, and like the other one, I'd probably lean toward they're probably taking a free safety, but I would not rule out if um, the kid from uh, Notre Dame um, falls or if Michael Parsons is there that they that, that they go that direction. So you know what, this guy can be a difference maker for our defense, and, I, and I, I couldn't argue with that. If you think guys can be difference makers, who cares what you already have? Like, there's nothing. There's no one on that defense, basically, you know, there's no position on that defense, I will say, that you can say, okay, we're set at, we don't need to improve. So they can get better at all three levels of that defense. So if there's a guy you think is a difference maker, go get that guy. And my, my last question, I don't know if Derek or Zerko has any more questions, is right now, what do you think the most impactful free agent signing is that the Raiders have done so far? <laughs> well, it's got to be in Gakway. <laughs> so, because... You know, yeah, you know, I think John Brown is. I, I think the John Brown deal was a good deal, and you know, getting him at the price they got him um, was good. You know, but if it, if it's not in Gakwe, they're they're in trouble because it. I don't think it's Quentin Jefferson or Solomon Thomas, and you know, I think John Brown is. I think he's a good player, you know, but he's not. I'm, you know, he's yeah. thirty-one years old, wherever he is now. We know what he is. He's not a number one receiver, but he's a very good deep threat and thinks he's going to add something to the offense, but. Um, if, if 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 he's the best player they had out of this free agent class, that, that's not going to be a good sign. Kenny Drake is that's not going to be a good sign, and I don't think it's going to be Thomas or Quentin Jefferson. I think basically yeah, it it's got to be a guy at this point. Um, 
So uh, I, do, I do have a question. We're going into year number four for John Gruden. Um, like we know, we know he got a 10-year deal. How If things doesn't go the way it's supposed to be, Raiders don't make the playoffs in year four of the John Gruden era. How much longer do you think before he's on the hot seat? Like, before it comes to the point where Mark is like, okay, John, four years now, no playoffs. We need to we need to get there. So how many how much longer do you think before that happens if Raiders don't make it to the playoffs in twenty twenty one? Your turn. No, no, don't say that to me. Maybe. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it's gonna take a lot for Mark to put John on the hot Man. seat. Um but I I don't think year four is gonna be it. So um I got other people can go on the hot seat. You know, I think you can you know, yeah. Mike Mack can go on the hot seat. I think, you know, Derek Carr can go on the hot seat. No, Derek Carr is traded every year, and he's not traded every year. No. Well, they, you know, he, like, he's going to end up, you know, he's close to being the longest tenure quarterback in the league. Like, when Roethlisberger retires, it'll, like, you're going to be down to, you know, it's basically, it's like Roethlisberger, Ryan, Wilson, and and Derek, I think. I think, I think that's so far. I know. If you mean, like, as far as starting quarterback? Um, or? Starting oh, quarterbacks yeah, yeah. on their current team. Matt Ryan and Derek Carr, yeah. And, uh, Aaron Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson. And, and, oh, yeah, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Right. So, How can we sorry. forget Aaron Rodgers? Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, right. It's three Super Bowl winners and MVP so, and Derek Carr. <laughs> I, I, might, I might have tweeted that exact line once. And I do have. I, I think I you did, yes. And that, I do it's have possible. Derek Carr. It's possible. Um, everybody has yeah, seen what, the, what the clip of the quote unquote. It doesn't really matter, Josh. Outside of what we see <laughs> on social media, because as you know, we only know what's out there. Have you and Derek Carr like actually talked like behind the scenes? No, because I'm out there, so we have not since then. Like, um, you know, when the locker yeah. room was open, and I could see him. You know, past years, but yeah, no, not since. Uh, okay, okay. Not since then, we have not. So, um, just just every every interaction we've had since then has been uh, on Zoom. So, yeah. yeah. Josh, I have one last. I have one last question for you. So, what? And I, and this is this is probably a tough question because it's March twenty seventh, and obviously free agency is still here, and a draft is still here. But what? The Raiders are we're an eight eight football team, and I know some people on Raiders Twitter have tweeted to you, "Well, the Raiders were close to being an eleven win team," and then you responded, which is true. Well, they were also close to being a five win team. And if you're close to an eleven win team, and you're close to being a five win team. You probably deserve to be an eight and eight team. How close do you think this team can be to actually being that 10, 11 win team? Are they far off? Not too far off? Are they closer than it seems? Are they farther than it seems? What? And I know, like I said, I know this is probably a bad question right now. But what? What would you say, Josh? Um, I don't see how they. At this point of the offseason, again, it's March twenty seventh. Things can change. But at this point in the offseason, I don't see how the team has improved a lot. You know, they're ba- unless the change to Gus Bradley. And development from the guys from the last couple, you know, the young players in the last couple of years takes a big rise. The the moves they've made have not been enough to improve them, I don't think. Um, and you know, but it, yeah, I keep I keep getting told that Gus Bradley is gonna is gonna solve it was all Paul Gunther's fault. So Gus Bradley is uh, gonna solve everything. <laughs> so um, I, I, I got my doubts on, but you know, we'll see. But uh, I've been told that many times that it was all Gunther's fault and everything's gonna be fine. So. Um, you know, I think uh, I 
I remember being told it was all Ken Norton's fault and the yeah. other will solve all the problems too. So, um, and I actually believe that one. I honestly thought Gunther coming in would would help them. So, I, I I'll, I'll take the I'll take the loss on that. I, thought, I do I have one more question, but just a two part question. Yeah. What question number one? Okay. Yeah. Um, we saw how high Henry Ruggs was picked in the draft. So when we saw that we had, you know, Nelson Aguilar numbers for us was supposed to be Henry Ruggs numbers. With the with the small production that he had in year one, what do you see for him? Your own personal thoughts for year two for Henry Ruggs the third. I don't know. I I was not. I got some serious questions about him. I I I didn't like a lot of what I saw out of him. You know, I think they got enamored with the speed, and I don't see you know. I don't watch yeah. a ton of Alabama football. Um, mostly watch the Big Ten when I do watch, but I, when I watched last, you know, the previous year, it, I always thought Waddle yeah. Smith yeah. and Judy were better. Like, yeah. It always seemed better to me when I watched. Um, so and you know, nothing that happened last year makes me think otherwise. You know, I think that's going to be they find a way. To, you know, they and I. Don't really know how much of it was that Ruggs was incapable or what the offense wasn't using it, but they talked so much about getting him the ball in like so many different ways on you know jet sweeps and reverses and things like that. And yeah, they didn't do, do, do a lot of that. And I just don't know whether it was they didn't trust him, they didn't he wasn't good, you know what it was. But you know the way they used him is a sign that they didn't believe in him that much either. Like you look back at uh. You know, they thought he was going to be Tyreek Hill. You look back what Tyreek Hill did. They got the, yeah, yeah, the ball yeah, all sorts of rookie. He was running the ball. He was <laughs> right. And, you know, he didn't catch, catch necessarily a ton of passes, but they were getting him the ball in different I mean, ways. They still do that now like to that, this day. You know? yeah. um, they still do it now. But, but even, even more so as a rookie, they were sort of creating things for him because he was not good enough as a receiver, just running patterns as a receiver. Yeah. Like, he, he needed to work on that. Like, he was a rookie and needed to work on that and hadn't played a lot of receiver in college. And they – so like they were much more creative by getting him the ball. I don't know if it's Andy Reid being more creative than John Gruden or John Gruden realizing that Henry Ruggs wasn't going to succeed doing that either. I, that that part I couldn't really get a sense of. Um, yeah. But they're going to need a big step forward from him because um, – or Brian well, – one of those two guys has to – because John Brown's not a number one. And, you know, John Brown's a complimentary receiver. I think he's a good receiver and he's going to help. Um, and obviously Waller is not a normal tight end. So um, – you get you get more out of your tight end than most teams, but but they need they need one of those receivers to one of those second year receivers to really uh, yeah take a big step so forward. And if not the, the second part of the I question, we're going into his third year, but it will be his second full season. Again, just your personal thoughts. What do you think of Jonathan Abrams coming of this upcoming season? We'll see. You know. This defense should help them, hopefully, because they'll have him basically playing more, you know, almost exclusively in the box, I would assume, which should help because the, the coverage stuff was yeah. was not great last year. Um, you know, and you look at him and you say, okay, the box stuff should be should get the best out of his game. You know, he also, I think, was first or second among oh, safeties and missed tackles <laughs> last year. Um, so, um, you know, it's not – and, you know – was okay as a pass rusher, but you know, had no, you know, got a couple pressures, but no sacks, nothing. You know, they need, they need him to, yeah. you know, they need all those guys, like all of those guys that they've taken the last two years. You know, 
out, you know, basically outside, of, you know, in terms of the first two round guys, outside of, uh, you know, Trayvon Mullen's been fine, but, he, but they need him to get better. You know, Josh Jacobs is fine, but he's a running yeah, back. Yeah. There's so much impact he can have. Like, the other guys all need to take take pretty big steps, um, and for that defense, you know, for that defense to the socialist defensive guys, secondary guys, Cleve Earl's got you know got to be better. I would um, never understand that pick. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I don't know. You're, uh, yeah, no, it's okay, John. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't understand the Arnett one either. So um, the, the, those two, I didn't, I didn't understand. But um, or the Jacobs one. Well, I know oh, a lot of picks I didn't understand. But um, the, the world so, will never forget uh, when they drafted Cleveland Farrell and the guy on the the draft. He was like, "Who?" And he just like turns his head and. Well, it's not. It, it, it is not. I will say this. So I remember, I remember covering the draft when they drafted Mike Mitchell in the second round, and and Mike Mayak basically was like, "Who we don't have? We don't have a, a package for him, like a video yeah. package for him." We didn't think he was going to get picked. They took him in the second round, and he actually turned out. He, he actually turned out okay. I got I, you know, Al probably could have gotten him in the fourth or fifth round or sixth round, but um, in terms of my guess is, if you actually look back at the production and the players in that draft, like Mike Mike Mitchell probably ended up. Uh, being, a, being about, you know, producing about, about what uh, his pick should have done. Right, so. Right, real quick. You never know. So when, it comes to, when it came to the draft to pick for Pharaoh, um, what, what, was the, what, was the, what was the news on him? Was he projected to be that high of a pick, or could the Raiders have picked somebody at no. four and still maybe got Pharaoh in the later rounds? I think it's possible they could have gotten him at uh, yeah. was it, Jacobs was 24. It's possible he could have been there at 24. It's possible he wouldn't have been. You know, I think they did want to trade down. Um, I don't know. They weren't able to find a, a trade down. I don't know whether they had options to trade down into the teens and, th- and thought that was going to be too low to get the guy they wanted. Or, you know, I don't know all the particulars on, on what offers they had and what they did. But, um, you know, it definitely seemed like a reach at the time. Yeah. And there's been nothing... You know, yeah, he was better this year than he was as a rookie. He's not. He's, he's not, not fourth. You know, he's not you're hoping like to get a guy. Put that out there. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah. You want him yeah, to be. Yeah. You want a difference maker at that position. And and again, it's a little. You know, obviously, when you you're the first pick after you trade Khalil Mack, there's the bars can be set pretty high and, and unfairly yeah. high. But he's got to be better than he's been. Yeah, you know, I know. I people quote to me his PFF grade or whatever it is, and he was 16th or 19th, whatever it was, on defensive ends and and edge rushers and claim he's been great. You know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I don't totally get – you know, I like PFF. I like a lot of stuff. That one, that grade, I don't totally get. Um, so um, – and as, if you look at his pass rush grade with them, it's much lower and things like that. You know, and that, that, and that's, you're not drafting the guy to be a, a run stopper. Um, you're drafting the guy fourth to – we're going to end on uh, one last question for you, Josh, and then we're going to let you go. This is a work-related question, and it's more of a personal curiosity. Is Are you expecting a somewhat normal off-season with you know, the vaccination process? I know the NFL came out uh, with those fully vaccinated and like the draft room came out. Have you seen any changes on your guys' end uh, leading into the season, off-season programs, training camp, that you guys might be able to have a little bit more interactions with the players now? Or... Are you still going to be doing? It's that's still a work in pro- that's still a work in progress. I think you know first. I think the players definitely seem to be saying we, we don't want OT- we want virtual offseason. We don't want OTAs in minicamp at all. Um, 
we'll see if they if uh, they went on that. And well, and basically, they can it, outside of the three day mini camp, everything else is, is voluntary. So um, they don't necessarily have to show up even if they have them. But obviously, there's internal pressure to show up if they are doing it. Um, you know, I think that part. Uh, you know, I'm guessing there's a chance that we, that we will have a virtual off season by training camp. I don't think I don't think it's going to be back to 2019. I I would be surprised if reporters are back in the lock back in the locker room and have, have access to the locker room getting players by August. Um hopefully by some at some point during the season that'll happen. Um maybe you know, but I'm not totally convinced uh especially because if all even if the media is all vaccinated, if the players aren't all vaccinated and they're not requiring vaccinations, the players might say well we don't want People, more people in the locker room than, mm-hmm. you know, than we need. And so who knows? So, you know, we'll see what happens. I know uh, the pro football writers are going to fight for as much access as we can get. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I think it's, again, it's hard to predict. And any of this stuff is so hard to predict what's going to happen next week sometimes as opposed to in five months when, or yeah, four and a half months when training camp starts. So um, I would say I, I wouldn't be counting on, an in-person off-season, and I don't know how quickly we'll be back in the locker rooms, but hopefully there'll be more access than there has been. Um, New Zoom is definitely limiting. Um, you know, you only get a couple players. Um, you don't get them off to the yeah, It's all in group, on camera. You know, the guys are a little less, sometimes a little less open to talk when it's in front of everyone, as opposed to if you grab a guy off to the side with maybe one-on-one or just with a couple of writers, they might be a little more honest about stuff and, you know, um, a little more open about stuff. And so it's, you know, it's definitely a different situation, but ho- hopefully we'll get back to where it was. I, I don't think know. The one thing we can all agree upon is we hope stadiums are, are full and safe and then we can get back to some sort of normal yes. and uh, you guys can get access and we can go to games and go back to some whatever resemblance yeah. of uh, normal yep. life. So. No, but yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's Josh, the hope. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on and uh, answering awkward, tough questions. And like I said, you always speak the truth, whether people like it or not. Yeah, Josh, thank you so much so. for bringing for, for joining us. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no One question for you guys: What happens first, Harbaugh beats Ohio playoffs. State or uh, Raiders, Raiders make the playoffs? The playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Raiders make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How about how, how, how we do it in November? Raiders can't play. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, well, that's why I see. I, I understand the, uh, the 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 delusional optimism because I go into every Ohio State Michigan game <laughs> thinking Michigan's going to win. So, and, and there you go. So I I, I get it. Like, being a fan is. Yeah. Can make you a little delusional sometimes. So, but 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 this is the year. It's, no, it's you, sound like, year, you sound like us Raider fans. This is our year. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It, this is the year. Harbaugh's been yes. great. He's been yes. everything yes, we expected. Yes, Any criticism of him is just wrong. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it was just one bad call. Yeah. One bad call in 2016. He would have won. And then you know, little this, little that. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, he's right there. So. Yeah, Josh, this is somewhat off topic, but I, I went to the University of Arizona during Rich Rodriguez era, and he actually did better for us than he did for you guys. I don't know. Yeah, you know he did better for West Virginia than he did for us, too. So, 
If only Alabama, if only had taken the Alabama job, and well, we might have ended up with less miles. I might not have been. Yeah, thanks again, job. Josh. You know, um, it's, it's great. It's a pleasure it. having you on. Yeah, you stay safe out there. Yeah, good talking to you guys, and I always enjoy it. You too. Always enjoy the interactions on Twitter. Always even don't agree. So, it's all fun. Thank you. So. <laughs> thanks, Josh. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Okay, Bye. Everyone.